0: Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and I am so privileged to share God's Word with you and especially this week as we meditate on the beautiful, awesome, yet incredibly difficult topic of forgiveness. Let's open our hearts and our minds so that we can welcome the Word of God as it is, God speaking to us directly. Let us pray. Look upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy, grant that we may serve you with all our heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord, Lord. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, "Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive, as many as seven times?" Jesus answered. I said to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven might be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage and said, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized one of his fellow servants and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless, Each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Trying to figure out what the problem is with the audio, but we'll do whatever we can. Guess what? As I always start, as a community, as a church, today we are taking another step forward. Every single day, every single Sunday, the whole church, the whole body of Christ takes the same step forward. We must understand one thing. Whenever I say this, I highlight the fact that, as you remember, Jesus said, whomever wants to be I think it's working. You got that feeling? All right. Thank you. Whomever did that. All right. Rewind. Jesus said, whomever wants to follow me must deny himself, pick up the cross, and follow me. So Christianity is dynamic. We are constantly going from where we are to where we are supposed to go. But we want to keep in mind a couple of things when we do this when we say this, that the moment of the journey, the moment which we decide to be a follower of Christ may happen a different time for us. Some people have made the choice of God decades ago. Some other people just decided to really be a disciple of Jesus a month ago. Or maybe some of you may feel the Holy Spirit telling you right here, right now, Said, yes, this is the moment in which I want to really follow God, follow Christ. And therefore, it becomes our moment, uh, our moment of the choice of God. You understand? Sometimes we can do this at different times. Remember, this moment happens in the middle of the gospel. We are in the middle of the gospel and not at the beginning. Because they, we develop when we grow in our faith, but then there is a moment in our lives when each of us should make the choice, the choice of God, which means I no longer follow Jesus because somebody told me about it, about Him. and no longer I go to church because somebody else tells me to do that. There is a moment which I say, I want to do this. And we move from secondhand knowledge somebody telling me something to first-hand knowledge. I know that God loves me. I know that God wants from me a life full of meaning. I know that God wants me to be truly who I am. And I make that choice. I follow Jesus. And therefore, in order to do that, I have to let go of whatever ideas I might have collected on my journey. We talked about this quite some time ago. I said that we risk always to develop alternative catechisms in our mind. That's why we must constantly go back to the gospel to make sure that we don't confuse the voice of the shepherd with the voice of somebody else. They may speak to us with religious words, but we don't know if it's right or wrong. A lot of people nowadays are doing just this. They only see one page of the gospel, one page of the catechism, and they think that's the only thing we believe in. Well, the book is a wonderful book, but I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's quite big. And the catechism is an even thicker book. So we need to continue constantly to grow in the awareness of what Jesus said and take the whole thing. Take the whole thing. Challenging, but hey, we are doing it together. We are taking this journey together. And we must always think of this, that even though a uh, yes, an individual yes is required, we journey together. And we must always believe, and we must always act on the fact that we are here to support each other, to pray for one another, and we must make sure that the values that we want to other people to take on must be lived out here. This is where we practice. This is where we really rehearse how to be Christians in the world. Why am I saying this? Well, if you remember, our, this part of the journey was structured, was given to us, was shaped by the conversation that Jesus and Peter had that we heard a couple of Sundays ago where Jesus tells Peter and the disciples what kind of Messiah he was supposed to be, and Peter didn't like it. Didn't like it because he had alternative catechism. So he told Jesus what kind of Messiah he should be, a Messiah that would not suffer, would not die, would not accomplish the plan that God has in mind. Yes that would have made Peter very happy. But can you imagine what it would have happened to all of us? So Jesus rebuked Peter, calling him Satan. Satan, because he's recognizing what he was, what Peter was doing, something that was not coming from God. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Take your place behind me. Be a disciple. And do not think as humans do, but as God does. How do we know how God thinks? Well, Jesus told us. And he told us that we have to pick up the cross. Which means what? He means that we in the cross find the mystery of God's love for us. It's the extent to which God has gone in order to reach out to us and say to us, I love you. Move this way. That must be, therefore, our way of living. That's why in the church, in our church, we have this custom of starting everything, what? With the sign of the cross. At baptism, we sign the child. We do the sign of the cross everywhere, but we forget that the sign of the cross, baptism, is a, quote-unquote, drowning ceremony. It's a ceremony that invites us to die to ourselves as we go under the water, and then come back risen. We begin to, whenever we approach God, we start with the sign of the cross, because we must die to ourselves, to everything that gets in between, everything that does not allow us to receive love and be loving. As St. Paul says in scriptures, we are, we live as we are crucified to the world and the world to us. In other words, we have the values of God. We who pick up the cross, we Christians, must value what God values, must love whom God loves in the way that God loves them. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. And can the body of Christ do something in a different way than Christ? Nope. We, are, we must be Christ in the world, the body of Christ. That's what we're doing here, right? We must therefore understand that when we receive communion, we are entering into union with Christ. So rather than being more concerned, there are more people concerned who should receive communion, how are we supposed to receive communion, rather than spending the very same energy in thinking about, am I growing in union with Christ and becoming whom I'm receiving? Okay. So we now all these things. Why am I saying all these things? Because we are now entering into the way in which we ought to relate to each other. So, remember, everybody's on a a, a journey done at different times. So we should always be gentle in evaluating our journey, never compare it to someone else's journey, and make sure that each one of us is committed to keep on journeying. And then we choose the cross. We choose to receive the love in order to share it. Good. Last week, we heard Jesus saying that the relationships within the Christian communities, within the church, must be special. So we are all called to love. We love people who are, not, uh, who are outside the church. Jesus said, you love your neighbor as yourself. And how, what type of love should we have, we who are part of the body of Christ, it's love one another as I loved you. How has Jesus loved us? To death. How are we supposed to love each other? To death. Okay? We are much ready to die for the other. Jesus said, I'm not making this up, it's in the book. There is no greater love than this, to give one's life for a friend. So I have my opinions, I have my ways, but I give them to you, you receive them, you do whatever you want, and then you love me back. And that's how we are supposed to love each other. So Jesus uh, uh, said that if somebody does something wrong to us, if you do something wrong to me, Jesus said, because we have the values of God, I am not going to wait for you to come and apologize. What am I supposed to do? I go to you and say, hey, what happened? The world, you remember, we should not be thinking as humans do, but as God does. Human, what do we do? We put it on Facebook, we put it on Instagram, we call everybody telling how, and then we say, well, I'm not going to church until I get an apology. How do we think as God does? I approach and said, hey, can we talk about this? I don't think we understood each other. In love. What happens? Jesus said, when we do that, we gain a brother. We gain a sister. Meaning they, the other, is the treasure that we have. We are so precious to God that he died for us. But we don't see each other as precious. We don't see each other as God does. And we need to change that. I cannot be myself without you. And you cannot be a parish without a pastor. So guess what, we need each other. And by supporting each other, we lift each other up. I would like to sign up for that, don't you think? This is the way we know it's real, but we have difficulties in doing it. So that was very clear, but Peter didn't really seem to really, like maybe he's kidding. Maybe, probably was thinking, maybe we can find a loophole. And I really enjoy loopholes because you never know when you can find your way around. So he goes to Jesus and we hear him saying, Jesus, if a brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Listen to what he said. He said the brothers. It means it's somebody of our community. Okay? It's not someone from the outside. So if a parishioner, a fellow parishioner, or another Catholic, or, a, or a, uh, the Pope, the bishop, whomever, wrongs me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times? And I'm sure everybody went, "Ooh, Why? Because at that time, the law, the rabbis, codified how many times people should forgive each other. And they said that they should forgive each other up to three times. So Peter is going, I mean, he got some part of the lesson. He didn't get all the way there. But he's trying to find out how much I can get away with it. How can you not love that guy, right? So so he said, we are going to forgive him seven times? And Jesus said, isn't that adorable? No. In this particular text, he says 70 time. In another text we said 70 times seven. Seven is involved, if you heard. And the point is that that seven was a symbol for something that is filled up, is a unit. It's something complete. We have a seven days of the week. We, uh, our phone numbers have how many digits? Seven, right? There is something about seven that is very important to us. How many dwarfs are there? Okay, I'm sure they made it up. You know, there are all these things are unit of seven. So he wanted to say, but Jesus said, no, it's always, it's never-ending process of forgiveness. Why? Because we are being forgiven constantly. And we exchange this gift to each other. But forgiveness is not an easy thing. People find, I find difficult to forgive, And whenever I get stuck and unable to forgive, it's because I'm understanding something wrong. So let's take a look and find out, maybe you are experiencing this too. There are certain things that are very easy to forget and to forgive, and there are other things that are very difficult to forgive. Amen? They are very difficult to forgive. First of all, let's think that every time somebody does something wrong and I have difficulties in forgiving, Chances are, I have done the same to somebody else. So whatever is applicable one way must be done on the other way as well. We get wrong, but we also wrong others. Look at the gospel. The gospel tells us there is this double standard that the servant who received so much forgiveness was not able to extend it to others, and the people around him, they were scandalized. We must understand this that when we are asked to forgive, the Gospel is not telling us that whatever we are experiencing means nothing. That the pain we experience, forget about it, you know, move on. That we we will never heal, we will never move forward. To forgive means to acknowledge that I had been hurt. To acknowledge that the other did something wrong. And when I forgive that person, it doesn't mean that the wrong becomes right. I am not agreeing that whatever that person is okay. He will never be okay and he has to apologize. Do you understand? So when we talk about forgiveness, we are not saying that all of a sudden the wrong becomes right. But I'm saying I don't want to be identifying myself with the past. I don't want the negativity I have received get stuck on me. So in forgiving, I take it and I say this belongs here, belongs to you. I don't want to get connected to that anymore because I have to love. Do you understand? It's acknowledging what has happened to us and make a choice. A choice that will allow us to say, This is that yucky stuff that you put on me belongs to you. And when we do that, I'm willing and able to see things differently. And I have to process the whole pain, the whole strategy, the whole thing. It doesn't come out easily, but we have to do it, and we can do it. People, I know people, and I've experienced this too, that I've been stuck, unable to forgive for a very long time. And you know who the only person who was, I was damaging? Was me. Because the person who wronged me was fine. And I was getting mad that that person would not be miserable because I was nothing to them. They were fine, totally fine. Did not, they did not even notice that I was not talking to them. That I was dying inside. So at one point I had to say, okay, this belongs there. I am a child of God, and whatever God has done cannot be touched, cannot be harmed. I need to deal with this. And that helped me to move forward and call, as I say, the demons by its name. That is what happened, and I have to apologize. I have to deal with that, but never by dismissing what happened. We experience that in reconciliation. We experience that as a Christian. We receive forgiveness, and that forgiveness can only be celebrated when we are willing to pass it on. Very important teaching today. Let's take some time, therefore, today and the whole week to examine where our pain may come from, the difficulties that we may have in forgiving others, and deal with it with the help of the Holy Spirit so that indeed we too can celebrate the great gift that God has given us in forgiving us all our sins and be able to lift each other up so that as forgiven, we may be a sign of forgiveness in the world as well. I hope you felt inspired by the gospel to reclaim your identity as a child of God, forgiven by God, out of love. And hopefully this week you will find ways of extending that wonderful gift to others so that you can grow in your union with God and the others will be able to see in you as you witness God's forgiveness to all people, an opportunity to say yes to God as well. God bless, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.